Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at www.cwcsj.org for service times and directions. So let's turn to Luke 17, 11 through 19. And it goes like this. Now what happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, there he met him, ten men who were lepers, who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when Jesus saw them, he said to them, go show yourselves to the priests. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, and one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned, and with a loud voice glorified God. And fell down on his face and his feet, giving him thanks. And he was from San Jose. (laughs) He was from San Jose. He was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. Let us pray. Amen. Dear Lord and Heavenly Fathers, I come before you, truly God. I'm leaning on you now to walk me through the next few minutes with these people who I love here at CWC. And Lord, I just pray that you grab the heart of someone here today and that Your words spoken through me caused them to make this world a better place to live. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. So let's walk through this story. Let's have a little fun with this. So let me set the stage. And again, I got the disc. I think I I see it. I think I see the arm moving. And so it's not not playing yet, but I think I see it. So the long and short of it is, is that Jesus was going through Samaria. And there was a group of lepers And leprosy is one of the most horrific diseases ever. Ever. People smelled bad. They lost limbs. You could not be around your family. You could not be around your friends. The only people you could associate with was other lepers. You could not even come into the gates and the walls of the city. So that's why it says that basically is that They stood afar off. They had to stay away from people. So there was a group of these 10 guys that basically were hanging out with each other. They were lepers. They were were like in colonies, so they hung out. And one day, our Lord and Savior was walking through and coming through, and he saw these 10 men. And it says in verse 13, And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, Have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourselves to the priests. So these 
10 men started walking to show themselves to the priests, which shows you they had faith. Because in biblical times, there was a requirement that if a leper was healed, he or she had to go to the priest basically to get clean paperwork because you know how we are. You would say, man, that ain't no sore. No, I'm good. I'm, I'm really good. I got to go back to work. I, I miss my spouse. I need to get home. I got stuff to do. No, that, no that, that's just a, a pimple right there. <laughs> so they had a set of requirements that before you could basically re-enter society, you had to go to the priest, and the priest had to basically sign off on your paperwork to say, you're good. Okay? You had to go get your paperwork signed off to say, you're good, you're good. And this is when I got to rely on Pastor Dan, because I didn't research this, but based upon what I remember, I don't think there's a case in the Bible where a priest healed someone with leprosy. Not in the Old Testament or the New Testament. That the only time lepers were healed were by supernatural powers. So, Jesus said basically, go show yourselves to the priests. And it says, this is a great sentence. And And so it was that as they went, They were cleansed. He didn't say they were cleansed, so they went. That's why you got to read the Bible slow. So when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourselves to the priests. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. John, go to the bank to get your loan. But I haven't been approved yet. So as they went, they were cleansed. So our Lord and Savior came along and just by the spoken word. And what was powerful about this is that they went. Go show yourselves to the priests. So they go. They're cleansed. So as they're running to the priests or walking to the priests, they start looking at each other and say, man, that deal went away. We've been cleansed. Nine of them. And they didn't do anything wrong. And you know what? I know we throw a lot of people under the bus in the Bible. I mean, we do, we do. And I'm the worst at it. Man, if I was a rich young ruler, I would have done this. You know, if I was one of these lepers, I would have. You have had leprosy. We don't know. Some of these guys may have had leprosy for 20, 30 years. Bones hanging off, smelly and pain, all kind of stuff. And when the Lord tells you, go show yourself to the priest, they did what he said to do. They were following his instructions. So I want to apologize for all the bad things that I've said about these nine guys along the way. They did what the Lord told them to do. Okay? He said, go show yourselves to the, to the priest. What'd they do? They walked and they showed themselves to the priest. They were following his instruction and that's what they needed to do to get cleansed. But this word gets interesting. And that's why I love that song, Chasing After You, is one of the things I want to challenge everyone in here today is 
The one that turned back was a Samaritan. He was an outcast. So he had leprosy and he was outcast. He turned back and fell on his face and thanked the Lord. Now what's interesting is that later in, the, in, 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 this, in this chapter, God says kind of where the other nine, not throwing them under the bus, but I think he was very pleased that one of these guys turned back to say thank you. So I just want to make three points. Because if I really had prepared this, I might have five or ten. So you, every, this is going to be good. Number one is I think we got to realize that a thankful spirit is healthy. Thankful spirit is healthy. So let's start right now, today, of just getting our minds in a thankful spirit. One of my trips to London, I was fascinated. There's a little coffee shop, and I was with one of my friends over there, and this is a whole, this is a sermon. He was basically the uh, head of security for Margaret Thatcher and Lady Diana. Lovely guy. But he was telling me all these stories of where, like, Robin the Peter to pay Paul came from. Because they were riding, Robin, they were borrowing money from St. Pete's to say, pay St. Paul's. And, you know, saved by the bell because they were burying people alive. So they started putting bells and caskets that you could ring, saved by the bell. All these great stories. You know, stop pulling my leg. Because there was a, one guy who they hung and they didn't drop him hard enough. So after they hung him, he got the loose noose off and walked away. And so they started having someone that would pull your leg at the end to make sure it broke your neck. And that's when people would say when they think you're lying to them, stop pulling my leg. So all these great stories, which I love, I could go on and on. I got about 100 of them. But one he told me, which was fascinating, he said, see that coffee shop there? I said, yeah. He said, that's the original coffee shop. And that's where tip, a tip started. And you know what TIP stands for? To ensure prompt service. So see, you learned at least one thing, so I feel better. I, like, oh. I try to at least learn one thing a day, one thing. To ensure prompt service. So what would happen, this coffee shop was so small, and it was so, it was a favorite coffee shop of people in London back in the day, and it would be so crowded, people would walk up there and give the server money. Because you got all these people waiting to distinguish themselves to ensure prompt service. Gave it on the front end. What do we do in America here? We give it on the back. We eat like hostages and then we turn around like, man, that meal was bad, the service was bad, or whatever the case may be. But I start thinking at that, and there are times now that I will go into coffee shops and give them a tip, and they'll say, what's this? Say, this, this is you know, your tip. And you will watch how people's attitude, they will make your coffee, your drinks, they will do whatever. They will make it with love because you've shown an attitude. It's not even about the money. It's not even about the money. I'm convinced of that they, you have shown an attitude of gratitude with them on the front end. Because in other words, saying you got to prove to me that you're worthy for me to give you my money. You're saying on the front end, I got enough faith in you as another human being, and yet you're going to do your job great, that I'm going to basically tip you to ensure prompt service on the front end because I know you're going to do it right. So let's start number one. Point number one. Thankfulness is healthy. Let's start with a positive attitude. 
Because when you think positive, you feel positive, you perform positive, things go better. So regardless of where you are in your station in life, we all got issues we're dealing with. Let's start with a positive attitude. That's number one. I want us to start to be thankful even in while we're going through a trial. So let me say it another way. I want you all to start getting your MVP, your Heisman, your NBA championship, your Super Bowl, your All-Star game, your Stanley Cup. I want you to start getting those speeches ready now. Start writing them now. Do you think Kevin Durant didn't think about that speech that he gave when he won the MVP and thanked his mother? You think that was the first day that he ever thought about? I will bet you. And next time I see him, I'm going to ask him. And I'm the truth. Were there any days that you were working out late? Were there days that you were tired? That you said, when I become NBA MVP, this is what I'm going to say to my mom. I know I have. And I'll go on record and say I desire to have an opportunity to be a president of an NFL club. There's never been a black man or Hispanic man to be a president of an NFL club. That's never happened. Never happened. And I still have hope, although I think I should have gotten an opportunity. I have it. I'm okay. I'm not salty about it. But I still have hope that one day I will be blessed with that opportunity. And you know what? My speech is written. I can tell you, <laughs> honest to God, I can tell you right now who's going to be there. I can tell you what color suit Pastor Dan's going to have on, <laughs> what dress Angie's going to have on. And I say that sincerely. So I want everyone in here to start working on their acceptance speech. Whatever that is, start working on it now. When I was a little eight-year-old boy with my grandmother, Ramona Padilla from Guadalajara, Jalisco, Mexico, was a maid in Phoenix, second grade education. I went with her to clean a house in Paradise Valley, Arizona. And some older rich woman, I asked her for a drink of water before we left. She gave me some water. It was a beautiful glass. Probably Riddell, now that I know what it is. I drank out of it, rinsed it out, put it in a dishwasher. And then I wanted another drink of water. And my grandmother said, well, make sure all the trash, you know, when you clean, I don't know how many people in here have ever had family members who are maids. The last thing you do is you make sure you make sure all the Garbage cans, everything. Take one more walkthrough. And when I took my last walkthrough, because the lady came home a little bit earlier than she was supposed to, that's why I asked for a drink of water, the glass that I had drank out of was in the trash can. And I panicked. I panicked. Because I thought I had broken. And anybody in here who's been associated with anyone who's been a maid, what's rule number one? Don't break anything because we can't afford it if you break it. 
So I felt horrible. Felt horrible. Come to find out, she threw my glass away because I had a grandmother who was Hispanic and I was a little black kid who came there to help clean this lady's house. Threw it away. Never forgot it. I'm working on a book on it right now. I need to tell the story. Because I don't know who that lady is, but she lit a fire in me that day. So you wonder why I work the way I do. You wonder why I push through. Because I made up my mind that day that I am not going to let anyone throw my glass away again. And that people that look like me, who grew up like me, that I'm going to be there as an advocate so their glasses don't get thrown away. And that's why me being one of the desire to be a president of the NFL club is not about the title. It's not about the little more money. It's the fact to say is that if you have things in your life where someone throws your glass away, that you still, with the grace of God, can get to the point to do something special. So that's why, that's why I've written my speech. And I thought I'd be able to give it five years ago. I'm 50 now. I think I'll give it soon. It may be 60. But no matter if I get a chance to give it or not, I'm still working on refining the speech. So I'm asking you all, Start working on your speech. All right. That's good word. Start working on your speech. So if you're just getting your GED right now, but you have desire to go get a PhD one day, start working on the speech that you're going to give to your college when you get your doctorate degree. And if you don't have a place that you can call home right now, and you plan on buying a home one day, Start working on your speech that you're going to give to the banker or the Habitat Humanity or whoever when you get your house. Start working on your speech today. The next thing I want to share with you, and I'm sensitive of the time, is that after God moves, after God moves, um, make sure you take the time to thank him. Because even those, those nine people didn't do anything wrong. They followed the rules. Jesus came and said, go show yourself to the priest, and that's what they did. They were doing what he said, and they were getting their clearance papers. But be like that one, because that's going to be there. Go fall on your face in front of God and thank him. Then go show yourself to the priest and get your papers. Because you never know, that one leper that turned around, his actions, you never know what that meant to the people around. I drive my kids to school as much as I can. And I, I got so many books. I, one I'm working on right now is the one about the lady through my God. That's is legit. But another one that's right in the queue right after that that hopefully comes out in 2016 is called Lessons from the Windshield. I've been taking notes 
of taking my kids to school over the years, questions that they ask, stuff that we talk about in the car. And I don't do it for any reason other than I'm just trying to embrace the time. I love being with them. I love their friends. They're hilarious. And the thing, you know, stuff you look back, they said in first grade now in high school and how the questions have evolved and the issues. You know, before we were talking about, you know, what's the chocolate milk, you know, versus uh, well, fruit cups. And then now we're talking about pregnancy and smoking blunts and, and, and condoms and the stock market. So it's lessons from the windshield. It's, it, it's, been a, it's been great to even get this stuff down on paper. But last year, one day, I'm pulling off, dropping my daughter off. Now the kids go to separate school. Lady cut me off in the parking lot. So I stop, and she says, my name is, can't even remember her name, uh, you're Kevin Warren. I said, maybe. Uh, you know, yeah, I am. And she says, I just want to tell you. And I don't tell you this to think I'm anything special, I'm not. She says, I just used what I've seen you do at a breakfast meeting, that I see this man bringing his kids to school. And I shared it. And it has caused now my husband and others to start doing the same. Because she said, I take it as a sense that you're thankful for your kids. Back to gratitude. And I said, you know what? I am. And every moment that I can spend with them, yeah, I work a lot, yeah, I'm gone, but every moment that I can spend with them, I do. And just two weeks ago, I broke down at a breakfast meeting. One of my dear Jewish friends, I had gone to his house for Seder dinner, and then his family came to our house for Easter dinner, and we passed the Bible around and had everybody read a verse about the, the resurrection. And he told me two things at breakfast. One made me laugh and one made me cry. He said, my 11-year-old son said, Mr. Warren stood up and he, I got this big Bible we only use during special events. And he said, this is the family Bible. and We're going to read from it. He said, Dad, it wasn't the family Bible. It was the Holy Bible. <laughs> That's what made me laugh. But what made me cry is that he told me that his wife, this is a Jewish man, Talk to my daughter. And uh, said, what do you like about Benil St. Margaret's School? She said, academics are great. My daughter's a phenomenal athlete. It's great. But the thing I like about it the most is the time that I spend in the car with my dad. It's far enough away that I can't walk to school that someone has to drive me. So the 20 minutes we spend in the car is my highlight of the day. So when you start thinking about gratitude, is that when Jesus does something in your life, yeah, you can follow and go see the priest and get your paperwork. Take the time to turn around and go thank him. And let's don't forget that. Well, thank you.
So as we close here, a couple quick things I want to share with you. I'm going to challenge you. I won't be here next week. Hope I'm on this earth. I'm going to be here in town. I'm scheduled to be another crazy week. I got to leave on Friday because I have a niece. Um, remember this name, Sarah Warren. She's blonde hair, blue eyes, but she's black. Nobody knows, so we can't say anything yet. My, uh, my, my, my oldest brother is 70. He's 20 years older than me. He's the oldest. I'm the youngest. Well, he married a Caucasian woman. And then his son, one of his sons, my nephew, who's one of my dear friends, he and I went to law school together. He's a prominent lawyer in Chicago. He married also a Caucasian lady. So Sarah, my nephew's daughter, is blonde hair, blonde hair and blue eyes. But if you line her and my daughter up from the head down, they're built, built like twins. So she's 17 years old. And uh, was hanging around a skating rink in Chicago and started skating. And they said, that girl can skate. And so now she is one of the top eight fastest speed skaters in the U.S. Barely missed the Olympic team this year. But she's only 17. So next time around, she's going to be there. And I already warned her. I think it's in Korea. I said, they have never seen as many black folks cut, cut up like we are in Korea. <laughs> but uh, she's such a great athlete, she played soccer just to stay in shape. Ended up getting a full ride to University of Illinois. So her high school graduation, long, long story long, what I was saying to is next Friday, so we're taking the family to see her graduating in, uh, next Friday. Family gets to stay over and go to their beach home and ride on jet skis and stuff, but then I got to get on a plane because I have an NFL conference in Philadelphia. So I won't be here. I'll be in Philadelphia next summer, next Sunday, God willing. But I'm going to challenge everyone in here today that for the next seven days, hopefully longer, but for the next seven days, that you either call, text, send a letter, whatever, communicate with a different person every day for the next seven days who has done something in your life and I call it in business we call these things in this stadium financing but for taxes that but for us doing this you wouldn't have been taxed or but for this but for them coming into your life that you wouldn't be the person you are today. I know my list is longer than seven, so I'm going to make it easy on you because I've learned, you know, I don't want to start having you high jump seven feet. We're going to start off just jumping of one foot. For the next seven days, so by the time Pastor Dan walks up here next week, that you take one person a day and thank them for what they've done in your life. And but for them, that you, you would not be. It may be a parent, it may be a child, it may be a friend, it may be a sibling, it may be a teacher, it may be a pastor, it may be a neighbor. To thank them. And don't tell me, oh, they know, I know, no. <laughs> Send them a text, write them a letter, make a phone call, go see them. Pick somebody different just to say thank you. The words of 
I thank you goes so, so long. Three quick stories, and we're going to close. One, Glenn James. How many people in here know who Glenn James is? If you were 930, you don't. But let me tell you who he is. Homeless man. And I, 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 I love parables, but I try not to get, teach parables. I try to give real stories. Homeless man in Boston, late last year in October, went to a mall. Couldn't see or needed glasses. Health issues, living in a homeless shelter, no money. Lost his job a couple years ago. Goes to a mall, sees a backpack. Now, he's got some, you know what, to even go near a backpack after all this craziness is going on. But goes get a backpack, open it up. It's $42,000 in the backpack. $39,000 in cash, $3,000 in cashier's checks, some passports and stuff. Obviously, somebody lost it. I can't speak for you, but no one would have judged him if he'd kept that money. This man's homeless. What did he do? He went to the security guard and turned it in. People were overwhelmed by it. Turned it in. Didn't know where his next meal was, living in a homeless shelter, needed new glasses, needed new teeth, not healthy, no insurance, turned it in. No one would ever known other than God, and no one probably would have, even if they known, would have cared. A guy in Virginia heard about it, set up a crowdfunding site, and within no matter of time, they collected $159,000, for him. I'm not a mathematician, but 42 and 160 is pretty much four times of what the, the Lord said. Glenn, I know you're struggling. I know you're hurting. I know you don't have a home. You don't have a pillow to lay down. Have no money, no bank account. Need glasses, not healthy. But you did the right thing, and I'm going to bless you fourfold. And it's still going. Still going. Glenn James, that's a good name to remember. You don't believe me? Look it up. Second story, Adrian Peterson, one of my favorite people in the world. The guy's guy. When did an appearance in Las Vegas seven, eight years ago, like his second year in the league? They wanted to pay him. He said, no, that's okay. It was a company that had like whirlpools. And they said, we can get you like this big old hot tub for your house. He said, that's okay, but let me look at your book. Do you have any hot tubs that we could use at our practice facility in Winter Park? They go, yeah, we got these underwater treadmills because we didn't have one. We had to send our players off site. And we, never, we always wonder how this stuff leaked to the media who was hurt. So Adrian came to us. We worked out a deal. So he did an appearance, didn't get paid, donated the hot tub, underwater treadmill to, the, to our facility. One year, two year, three year, four year, five years, all these players who would hurt their knee and hips and stuff, they were running on it every day because you have a video camera so you can make sure their gait is right. You know, you can look at it. It's an underwater treadmill. It's the most unbelievable thing in the world. So we donated a room to Adrian. Coolest thing ever. A lot of people rehab. But where the story gets real cool is in December, a couple years ago, Washington Redskins, game that doesn't matter, somebody hit him in the knee tore everything up. And we were on the bus going back to the airport to fly home. He sat in front of me, leg in a 
and a whatever you want to call it, immobilizer, crutches, head down. And I could see him just kind of mumbling. I think he was praying. And uh, I told him, I, all I can do is pray for him. Pastor Dan prayed for him. People prayed for him. You know where the story is going. Is that a year later, he won the NFL MVP. Almost, <clears throat> almost bro broke the rushing title. I think he missed it by like nine yards. <laughs> you know, one, one good run. Almost broke the title, but that wasn't what the story, the, the piece of equipment that got him back was that underwater treadmill that he had donated years before to help others because he was just grateful. Just grateful. So as we stand here on Memorial Day and think about all the things that have had to go right in our lives, even the things that went wrong really were going right for us to be here today, that there's so many people that we have to thank. But ultimately, I want us to really focus on that, that leper, that Samaritan, that the Lord blessed and healed. And as everybody was running toward the priest to get their papers to be able to go back home, to, you're talking about a party. Can you imagine, a, can you imagine if you're a leper? And you've been gone for 10 years, all unhealthy. Can you imagine that? And all of a sudden, you get healed. Some Jesus walks along and says, you know, start walking toward the priest and you're healed. You're like Usain Bolt. Can you imagine the party that you would throw for that? And I don't blame him. But there was one guy that said, you know what? That's going to be there. I got to go thank Jesus. And that's what he did. So just know that uh, as I travel around the world, there's not a day goes by that I don't think of you all here and that I don't think in my heart, Pastor Dan and Angie, for what they've meant. I got a call recently. Phone rang, some 800 number. I'm like, who is this? Hello, hi, this is... Julie Smith from Delta. And we'd like to congratulate you on just flying your millionth mile. You have flown one million miles on Delta. And so, you know, I'm a competitor. I was like, thank you. That's, that's great. You know, what do I, yeah, we just want to thank you. I was like, that's great. And then I sat there and thought, is that something that really I should be happy about? Think of all those times I've gone, things that I've missed. But the Lord has been unbelievable in my life. And through all my ups and my downs, and like I said, sometimes being the ringleader of the stupidity treehouse has continually just helped me along the way. And I don't know why, but if I had to guess, I think one of the reasons why, and I do not deserve it, is I'm so grateful. I am so grateful. I'm grateful for you all, and I just pray that you mimic, emulate, 
that one person, that one leper, that took the time to go back and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you. And you know what? Go home tonight and start working on them speeches. Start working on them. Working on them. If you don't even just work on a title, one word, work on the ending, work on, think about what you're going to wear. Whatever, whatever, whatever that speech you're going to give, start thinking about it right now because it's never too late. I love you. God bless you. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at www.cwcsj.org.